Hello again, earners. It's me, Michael. Uh, I'm happy to uh, know that you guys are paying attention to the podcast. I am excited to know that there are a lot of folks out there who are earners and want to learn more about earnership and who are encouraged that someone is speaking with them about these very, very important issues. Uh, The last time we met, which was uh, during episode three, I talked to you about how I was going to begin to develop how one pursues earnership. What are the contents, the principles, the values, the steps of achieving earnership in the American way? how to truly earn our Americanness daily, hourly, moment by moment. And I am about to do that now, but I want to say some very important things to set the stage for this. Earnership has its proponents, the folks who live it, the folks who desire to live it, The folks who don't know its depth, but if they knew, would certainly want to live it, would seek to live it, and would, in fact, live it. But earnership has a tremendous amount of opponents, a tremendous amount of adversaries, and they use some very subtle and not so subtle weapons and tools to try to overcome, dissipate, ignore, marginalize, disparage, and vanquish earnership. Now, a lot of you may be wondering, well, who are these adversaries? And what are their tools? Well, that is of utmost importance, and I'll start that now. Earnership is the conscious commitment to pursuing a goal yourself. A constant commitment to overcoming any obstacles that stand in the way of achieving that goal, a constant commitment to not relax when luxury and happiness occur because luxury and happiness is a far greater adversary than difficulty. I said yesterday a very old saying that some of you may have heard before and some of you may not have heard and that is hard times make for strong men strong men make for good times good times make for weak men and weak men make for hard times See, when the good times come, when the life of ease is presented to us, 
we will often let down our guard and we will pursue ease and luxury with the same commitment that we once chased earning. This is very, very simple to do. Imagine all of the times that you were faced with an opportunity to do A or B and you were succeeding and that good and success became the enemy of the great. You said to yourself, I am enjoying myself. Maybe I can take the pedal off the gas a bit because this life that I'm having now in this very moment is good. So our adversaries, the adversaries of earners would love to put impediments in our way that symbolize ease, that in fact deliver ease because they know that ease will almost invariably stop folks from pressing forward. It gives the illusion of success. Ease does that commonly. Oh, this is now comfortable. So I need not pursue as hard because I have reached comfort. I have reached satisfaction. I have reached happiness. Today, we see many of our challenges placed before us in the form of ease. For example, we talked about the minimum wage and what many call the living wage. Well, if you can have a so-called living wage from doing entry-level work, the vast majority of people will see that as acceptable. And earning becomes secondary. Because in fact, by legislative fiat, you were given the ability to double your income. If we're talking about a world where you move from $7.50 an hour to $15 an hour. That's just one example. Another example. If you don't make enough money to afford private health insurance, then you know in order to make sure that you can obtain insurance, you have to figure out a way to excel in some area so that you can obtain the finances necessary to support your health through insurance. However, under a system of nationalized health care, it is no longer incumbent upon you to excel. You receive the benefit, so to say, of a health care or health insurance mechanism without having to reach for higher heights to satisfy more uh, 
exquisite gold. These are forms of ease and we don't know that these things rob us of our earnership mentality. Whenever you are given anything seemingly freely, watch out. Because the cost may not be in dollar terms. The cost will always be in effort terms. When you give up self-determination, for the determination of others, you have walked away from ownership. This is why I stand fully opposed to all of the various government programs designed to help us. Because these programs are not really helping us. They are guiding us down the primrose path of ease. And ease, once accepted, always, without qualification, leads to dependency. This should frighten you. To know that your ownership mentality can be shaken without you even realizing that is what's happening should frighten you. It should give you pause to understand that there are people who desire to subvert your need to achieve by providing you with easy goods and services. All that does is rob you of your independence. As I said in episode one, our founders declared independence from an empire. What they were really saying is they were declaring ownership. They were declaring personal responsibility for their desired outcome. Some folks decided that they did not want to be independent from the British realm. They were royalists. They lived off the system. They had been thoroughly robbed of their desire to earn independence. They preferred dependence on the realm. And the realm made it easy. They provided them with goods and services that the freedom fighters could only obtain through freedom fighting. 
they could walk in areas freely where freedom fighters, independence lovers, founders of a nation could not possibly go without harassment, arrest, and most likely imprisonment and possibly death. That is the choice that earners make daily. Do I succumb to the free ride, which doesn't appear initially to hamper my independence? I still have latitude to do as I choose, or so I believe that. Or do I set a course and follow it with earnestness, understanding that the outcome is my own and I am empowered thereby. This is pernicious people. This is where we are today. We are in a system where ease is promoted. As for your own good. You deserve ease. When anyone tells you you deserve anything, watch out. Because the concept of dessert means I should get it for a reason other than my effort. No one who puts in effort says, I deserve that. The person who is putting in effort knows they must work for it. This is a hard concept for many folks to get their heads around. But if someone is willing to give you something, Watch out. Because the mere offering of the gift is a challenge to your own independence. This is not to say that you could never accept a gift from friends or family. That's not my point. My point is in the larger system, anything that you do not earn challenges your earnership mentality. Once you begin to believe that you deserve a thing, that someone owes you a thing. That is when you have stepped out of the kingdom of ownership into the kingdom of dependency. And my friends, the kingdom of dependency is much larger. The kingdom of ownership is infinitesimally small by comparison. 
It doesn't have to be. It just is because we as human beings or as living beings, period, seek often to exert the least amount of energy to accomplish a thing. You've heard that expression, work smart and not hard. Most folks who say that aren't really interested in working smart. They're pretty much interested in not working hard. Because oftentimes, working smart and working hard are synonymous. If you look at any athlete on the sports arena, football, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, the hardest workers are the winners. Not the guy who claims to be working smart but not hard. He's not winning. If he does win, it's by total accident. Earnership, hard work, effort, these things are what separate those who live a life of independence from the great majority of people who, whether they know it or not, are living lives of dependence. As I've said more than once already, this podcast is about earnership about how one extends effort in order to realize those things that benefit themselves, their families, their communities, and most importantly, this great nation we call the United States of America. Now, I've spent some moments talking to you about ease and how that stands as an impediment to our desire to earn. I spent the first part of this uh, podcast talking about that because I think that it is the most pernicious. However, there's another side. And this is the more wanton, obvious impediment to excelling through earnership. These are concepts such as racism. Racism is designed primarily to stop the independent earner. You fall in line with the race. If you are not a member of the race, then you have to fall subject to that race. Or you are going to overcome that race through your race. All of these things stand opposed to the concept of ownership because a concept of race says deserve based upon what race, not based upon effort, based upon what I never chose. I am black, did not choose it. Maybe someone listening to me right now is white, did not choose it. Maybe someone is Hispanic, did not choose it. Asian, did not choose it. Native American, did not choose it. Happened. And any theory based upon something that just happened means that you don't really need to earn, you get it because you have this, or you don't get it because you don't have, well, this. 
Today, it is very common to talk about all forms of equality. Equality, except in equality of purpose, which means we are all on earth for a purpose and that purpose is equal. But equality as a concept outside of the confines of purpose is also a direct challenge to earnership. If everyone is equal, how is it that one person is stronger than another? Another person is more beautiful than another. One person is shorter than another. One person is rounder than another. One person is smarter than another. But if everything is equal, like literally equal, I stand equal to you in every dynamic of life, then how am I encouraged to earn? We're all equal after all. Many people say that our founders said that we are all equal. And they did say that. They wrote that in a document. But very few people tried to explore what they meant by equality. They certainly could not have meant literally equal. My goodness, if they literally meant equal like that, they would be ignoring their own personality differences, their own physical differences, their own character differences. If they did not realize that they were all actually different, then we would just be dealing with a bunch of crazy people who had set a standard that is impossible. And if it were possible, would be rueful. They meant equality in humanness, not equality in characteristics, not equality in ability, not equality in talent, not equality in outcome. We all start out human. And humans have a purpose on the earth. And in that way, yes, we're equal. But anything that falls into this equality jazz or worse yet, this equity business is robbing you of your earnership ability. Equality in the sense that it is being used today means that you needn't really put forth effort because equality means the outcome must be the same, irrespective of what one does and one fails to do. This is the reason why we are faced with so much wealth transfer jazz. X person works hard, makes a fortune. Y person doesn't do anything, but says it's unfair that X person should have that. They had an unfair advantage. What was the unfair advantage? Oh, race. What was the unfair advantage? Oh, gender. What was the unfair advantage? Oh, age. What was the unfair advantage? Oh, connections. 
And because of the unfair advantage and our notion of equality, we must take from the go-getter and give to the do-nothing. All in the name of equality. These things that I've just discussed are major challenges to your ownership mentality, to your ownership ability. Nothing outside of your own independent effort is ownership. If you know Congressperson X and Congressperson X would like to help you in exchange for giving to their PAC or to their campaign, that's not ownership. That's tilting the field. That's saying, I don't really want to compete. I want to win without competition. I want to foreclose the ability of anyone else who may be in the field that I occupy to compete fairly with me. There are lots and lots of business people who aren't doing business. They're doing political contribution. There are lots and lots of so-called disenfranchised people. Of course, that meaning is used broadly. It is not used specifically to say they've been denied the vote. It means that they can't fully participate because, well, they're black. Or they're gay. Or they're a woman. Or they're any other thing that we say is a hindrance to full participation in every aspect of society and therefore government through their local congressman or some other political official or some other group with uh, some sort of connection to political uh, officials should give them leverage. That's not ownership. That is the opposite of ownership. That is saying, I myself am not worthy to compete, to participate, to set a, an agenda and follow through. I need to foreclose someone else's ability to do so. These are the lessons that we continuously take away. If I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, then I can do as I please without having to work for it. If you are black and you are of the mentality that slaves as our ancestors because I too am black is the reason why you are not successful 
you have not begun to understand the first steps of earnership. What in the world does someone who lived hundreds of years ago have to do with your condition today? So what some fella doesn't like you? What does one fella not liking you have to do with you overcoming whatever obstacles you need to overcome to meet with success? Why would you think that it is right for you to seek some kind of solace from an individual who holds particular power so that you can win the game without competing? If you are white and you believe in the concept of race and that every great thing that ever happened in this world is because white people did it, you try it. Don't rest on the laurels of some other person who made it and then claim that is a victory for you because you happen to be of the same color. How many people do you think thought Henry Ford was on to something when he was developing the assembly line for automobiles? Lots of detractors who also were white. They did not welcome him. Thomas Edison failed over and over and over. And there was not a parade and a party while he was failing. There were not just a whole group of white folks saying, mm, 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 that Thomas Edison, he's one of us. No, they were not. We need to step away from this group mentality where we think our effort is not needed as long as someone from our group has done X, Y, or Z. All of these things rob us of our own individual ownership mentality. Life, though social, is ultimately individual. You were born into a world alone. Every step you take, even if you are in a crowd, is alone. There was a music group uh, when I was a young kid. They may still be a group, I don't know. But they were called uh, Parliament. And they had this song where they said, You can walk a mile in my shoes but you can't dance a step in my feet. Get the point? It doesn't really matter if a million people are around you, you are ultimately alone. And you have to make the choice to earn. You have to make the choice to fulfill your mission, a mission that will benefit your family, your community, 
and this great country known as the United States of America. But if you don't commit to earnership, that's one less light. And if we have one less light, then the United States is not as shining as she ought to be. I know so many of these things that I've talked about have stood in your way. Some you recognize, some you have not. But earners, I've got to tell you, these things are real. Just as I said, a black person who carries slavery is just as ridiculous as a white person who carries invention. You, if you are white, did not invent the light bulb. You, if you were black, are black, did not pick cotton. We live in 2021. And in 2021, you have to let go of whatever happened before because it did not happen to or with you. Another of the major challenges to ownership is blame. I did not get X because of that person or this circumstance. What have you done? You have stepped away from ownership just by making that statement. No one can say that ownership is easy because it is not. Ownership is a conscious choice to overcome both obstacles and luxury slash comfort. It is a conscious choice. It is the decision to recognize obstacles, to recognize luxury and comfort, and to say that these things stand in my way of achievement. They are not there for you to stop. They are there for you to recognize and figure out how you must maneuver to continue on your road of ownership. How do you overcome the obstacle? How do you manipulate ease? How do you recognize that these things are even happening? Well, one way to recognize it is blame. The minute you blame is the minute you must realize a challenge has come to your very desire to earn. That's on the obstacle side. On the ease side, 
He recognized that by saying, I don't really have to push as hard as I did yesterday. But you do. Forever and always. As long as you walk the earth, you have a choice to make earnership or not. We hear repeatedly that our condition is someone else's fault unless something good happened. And on the other hand, the only reason why something good happened is because of, well, luck. In episode one, of the America Me podcast, I talked about luck. I talked about how people have achieved and they rob themselves of achievement and the uh, ownership mentality by saying that whatever happened to them was luck. They put in hard work, arduous hours to achieve and they say, at the end, it was luck. That wipes out all of the principles that you were intended to learn. The minute you say, oh, it was just lucky me, it wipes out every principle that you were intended to get from your journey. Of course, certain situations happen that we do not understand the root cause. Certainly that happens. But that does not mean luck. That just means that there was an intersection of so many different things. You prepared yourself. Because it doesn't matter if, you ha- or if you're not prepared. The thing that we call luck can't happen to you anyway. What is that they say? Luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparedness. Without preparation, I don't care how you feel, nothing is going to happen that is quote-unquote luck. So, I want you to understand that there are significant challenges to you earning. But they are just that, challenges. They are not showstoppers. If you go to the gym, And you were, say, bench pressing 50 pounds. And you've been doing that for a week. And then next week, you try for 55 pounds. 55 pounds is not a showstopper. It's a challenge to see if you can do it. It's a challenge to say, can you move beyond 50 It's not a showstopper. It's not saying you cannot possibly move beyond 50. So don't even try this. That's the same thing with obstacles and ease in your walk along the ownership path. Be aware, friends, that these challenges exist. That's the first principle of ownership challenges exist 
They may come in the form of an iron hand or in the form of a silk glove or a combination of both. But understand, these challenges are designed for you to negotiate them so that you have further experience for something later on. What is it that you would want to accomplish that you think you can accomplish without earning? So what do you think it is? If you think that there is a thing that you can accomplish without earning, you can only accomplish that thing by going to a route that eliminates earnership. And it's just like anything else. If you don't flex the earnership muscle, how can you do it? When in the time when it comes a need for you to actually implement earnership, you won't because you don't have the strength to do so. This is of crucial importance. If you take nothing away from this episode than this, it's that you have to decide to flex the ownership muscle. It's not something that just happens. You have to learn how to do it. In many instances, you have to unlearn all the stuff that stands in your way. You have to unlearn that it's someone else's fault that you haven't succeeded. You have to unlearn that the country owes you something. You have to unlearn that a successful person is only successful because they cheated. You have to unlearn, I should get a free ride because that person made it and I didn't. You have to unlearn, poor woe me. You have to unlearn, I'm insignificant and cannot accomplish anything. You have to unlearn, I'm no one special and no one is going to be there to help me anyway. You have to unlearn, I'm a brilliant fellow and therefore I should get it just because I read more books than someone else. You have to unlearn, I don't know very much, so therefore my opinion is not valid. You have to unlearn that your mind is crippled. You have to unlearn that you are not worthy for success. You have to unlearn that this is a wicked, terrible country that is only interested in empire and is trying to crush everyone who's not some kind of white European fellow. Why do you think people tell you that? The country is only good for white European fellows. Why do you think you are consistently told that in so many different forms? Do you think you're told that because that's true? If that were true, 
no one who wasn't a white European fellow would be successful at anything. It would be forbidden. Unless, of course, you think that everyone who is not a white European fellow is just lucky in their success. They prepared none. They earned none. They just fell into it. And if people who are not white European fellows are successful, how could they be successful without earning? Because they have no contact with Congress people. Because if they did have contact with Congress people and such, then on its face, this wouldn't be a country that was only good for white European fellows. Take some time to think. It is very easy to blame someone else when we don't reach the result we prefer. But the earnership model says when you don't reach the result you prefer, find out why and work it out. Thomas Edison failed over 1,000 times in his attempt to create a light bulb. Over 1,000 times. Do you think that this was a man who said to himself, woe is me? And had he said, woe is me, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. Maybe there'd be no such thing as a podcast. I wouldn't be able to communicate with you. You wouldn't be able to hear me. None of this stuff. But the man continued because he was the earnership model personified. And I'm not trying to hear all that stuff about him being some kind of racist fellow. So what if he was? Him being or not being a racist fellow had zero to do with his determination to continue earning. There are successful racist fellows. There are bitterly unsuccessful racist fellows. There are successful race baiters. There are tremendously unsuccessful race baiters. Leave it. It's you, your determination, your decision to be independent of the opinions of others. Consider your opinion of yourself. Who are you to you? This is the bedrock of ownership. Who am I to me? It doesn't matter at all who I am to him if I do not know who I am to me.
because without knowing who I am to me, I am defined by what I think someone thinks I might be. And friends, there is no worse scenario than being so lost that one does not know who you are. I have no idea who I am. Therefore, I am defined by anything, anyone, anytime. And I cannot follow the principles of ownership under those circumstances. It is impossible. But so many forces are designed to rob us of who we are. Why do you think that is? Do you think it is for your good that someone is telling you that it matters what everyone thinks about you except you? Do you think it is for your benefit that someone tells you that you can't achieve something because you're black? Do you think that it is for your good that someone tells you that your race being white means that you are entitled to a thing and if you don't get it, you should be mad with someone else? Do you think if you are a woman that you being told that there's a glass ceiling is in your interest? If someone tells you that there's a glass ceiling, how many of you would be willing to break it? Very few. So why do you think they're telling you that there is a so-called glass ceiling? Is it for your good to know or believe that there is some limit to your ability to succeed? Are these things being told us so that we can win? Are these things shared with us so that we can be independent and earn? Or is there some other motive? Unless you learn the ownership principles. Unless you practice the habits of ownership, you will be stopped by every obstacle, large or small, positive or negative. earners it is this simple people are telling you things to stop you and if you have no foundation in earnership you will easily be stopped I can't have it because I'm black well will I try 
I'm supposed to have it because I'm white, but I don't. Will I try? I'm not supposed to be the CEO of a company because I'm a woman. Will I try? This is something every earner and potential earner must consider. Why are we told the things we're being told? Why have we been issued a life of limitation? Not from our own belief system, but what has been put into us as a belief. Look at children. They have no limitation on their belief. They believe they can do anything. As a matter of fact, a child can manipulate his or her parents to do their bidding. They know how to do it. I can get this done, but we as adults lose that. We are told repeatedly, both consciously and subconsciously, you can't do it. You can't make it. You are no one. Nothing good will happen to you. Settle down for something small. Don't go for anything big. You are a loser. And we accept it. And we accept it largely because we do not have an understanding of the principles of ownership. I want to demystify ownership for you and with you. I want to share with you what is going on behind the scenes so that you can be comfortable on the scene. This life is precious. And you must determine how you're going to live it. If you yield to someone else's desires, to someone else's choice, to someone else's meaning, to someone else's message, and that message is not one that strengthens you to make your own independent decisions and to pursue them through thick, thin, high, low, hot, cold, then that person controls your outcomes. You don't. They do. That system controls your outcomes. You don't. It does. But the beauty of the ownership mentality is that you understand that these things come. 
and they come for the purpose of showing you how to deal with them, how to strengthen your earnership mentality. Is it tough? Yes. But only the tough can survive and thrive. Don't you want to thrive? Don't you want to know what it feels like to thrive? Don't you want to know what it feels like to be in a country that's thrive-centered? Because we are the only challenge to America's greatness. If we don't thrive, she cannot. If we do, no one can get in the way. America is us. We are her. If we want a 21st century that is America-centric, we all must practice ownership. We all must earn America daily, moment by moment, so that America can continue in its tradition of greatness. Don't you want it? I know I do. This is the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is the greatest country because there were enough ownership folks living in our past to make it so. What are we doing to carry forward the baton? Are we going to accept unearned benefits? Are we going to accept unearned dollars? Are we going to accept unearned effort? Are we going to accept unearned praise? Are we going to accept unearned programs from the government? We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and Secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity. Do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States of America. See you guys next time.